The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Woo, one service today. All right, happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, hope you're having a great weekend already. Everybody ride out the storm on Friday. Woo, did good, did good. I got all your eggs and bread and milk and beer and chips and whatever, I don't know, whatever, whatever you get to ride the storm out. I'm glad everybody made it through, uh, which, by the way, what a great uh, uh, time to do this series that we're doing on September the 18th, right in the middle of, uh, you know, storm, hurricane season. Uh, it's called Unshakable, uh, Standing Strong in the Storms of Life is what we're going to talk about. In fact, the book, Unshakable, every chapter uh, really talks about uh, a storm that people go through. And uh, we're all going to face storms, right? Whether you're, you're either in the middle of a storm right now in your life, uh, you're coming out of a storm, or you're headed right into one. And uh, we all face storms, whether it's family problems, uh, financial issues, uh, illness, death, all those kinds of things. And each, each chapter in this book uh, deals with a common storm that we face. And so we're asking you uh, to prayerfully uh, give this book away to somebody, invite and bring them to church, and uh, use that uh, as an invite tool uh, to bring someone in. Uh, so hey, how about those tigers? Woo! And, and Gamecocks and Bulldogs and Ohio State. It looks like everybody, uh, everybody did pretty well. Um, you know, uh, South Carolina beat up on Academic Magnet, so that was good. And uh, no, they barely beat Academic Magnet. So um, anyway, uh, just good, good-natured ribbing here at Coastal. Um, hey, and then uh, I know some of the some of you might be a little, you know, upset about this, but then, you know, pro football starts next week, and uh, yeah, we've got a, a coastal. Um, Fantasy football league. I like 24 guys in this thing. Two different 12-man leagues, and then there's a playoff and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to win this year. I'm going to win, Sean. You're going down. I'm going to win. Uh, I'm going to finally finally come through. Um, anyway, lots of, lots of exciting things happening this week, and I hope if you're off tomorrow that you have fun, enjoy the day, and if you don't, if you do have to work, sorry, but um, anyway. Um, hey, one other thing I wanted to let you know about are a couple of things. Uh, uh, I think it was you, Taver. Taver said, this is the readingest bunch of people here at Coastal. We, we like to read a lot because uh, leaders are readers. Very good. Well, Pastor Chris, I, I wrote another book, and uh, this is called The Next Step for Your Journey. And uh, really what this book is, uh, it, it's, it's a next steps book. It's a, it's a book for new believers. Uh, maybe you're here today and you've recently become a Christian and you're interested about, you know, so what do I do? How do I pray? How do I read my Bible? Uh, things like that. And so this book is, is written for you with you in mind. And uh, I talk about things like, um, you know, again, how to read your Bible, uh, how to pray, uh, about baptism, about forgiveness, about worship, about sharing your faith. And then in the back of it, like a lot of new believers book, there's the gospel. Gospel of John and a little journal. And so we're giving these away free today too. Uh, they're in the back table back there. So if you're a new believer, know someone who is and want to kind of help them uh, figure out next steps, uh, pick up a copy of that book. Hey, last week we did have an awesome time here for Life Group Sunday. And, uh, and we, you know, we jokingly say that Life Group Sunday is one of the, the only Sunday of the year that we allow judging here at Coastal, that we can judge one another. And really, because uh, if you were here, you know, we had the, the life group tent, 
and almost like a big job fair or a college fair, and we had a booth representing each life group. And then you got, you got a little ballot, and you got to judge uh, best overall booth, best snack, most informative, most creative, and best sales pitch. So um, these people, a, a lot of these people might be out of town today, but we di- I did want to recognize uh, some people who did, did a great, great job of different things. So first of all, let me do this. Uh, best snack uh, went to, drum roll, it went to uh, the, the follow group, the, the lunch, Friday lunch group. And so as, uh, there's Julie and Teresa, and uh, so you get a $50 gift card. So somebody, uh, Teresa, you're the closest, so you have to come on up. And uh, they, they did have a great snack, didn't they? They had the little, uh, what was it called? It was like a Walking taco, walking taco, and it went around. It went with their idea of follow, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and then, now, honestly, two groups basically ran away with almost everything else. One, one group in particular, but the other group is definitely worth mentioning because they both they basically tied for most informative and best sales pitch, and that was the the Wessel Girls uh, volleyball, the volleyball group. So. Are, is anybody here, uh, Carol or Morgan, you guys here? Anybody here this morning? Okay, I think they're actually serving. I think they're over in children's ministry. Uh, yeah, come on, okay. Charlie, we'll, we'll give, this, give, the, give this to your wife, okay? Please do. Okay, there you go. Now, uh, the, uh, the, I mean, this next group really ran away with everything. I mean, they were best overall, and then they tied for most informative, tied for... Uh, best sales pitch, and then one most creative. So we have a $75 gift card, and it's the weird group. The weird is, uh, I don't know if, uh, uh, are are those folks here? I think they are actually out of town. So staff, we're going out to lunch this week, so uh, we'll we'll, we'll get that to those guys. But they did, what a great, I mean, they were dressed weird, their snacks were weird. It was just, they really went above and beyond, did did a great, great job. So, hey, if you haven't checked out the groups, like Ryan said, you got, they don't begin this week, they begin the following week, the week of September the 11th. So, uh, anyway, we had a great semester of life groups, like 20, 19, 20 different groups. Check them all out, and I uh, can't wait for groups to get started. You ever hear this, uh, ever hear this phrase, this, uh, this saying, no good sermon goes unpreached? Well, of course you haven't heard. I made it up. Okay, I just made it up this week. You probably have never heard that before. But uh, early this spring, uh, I did a sermon series. We, we did a sermon series here this, this past spring, right before Easter, called The Seven Deadly Sins. And, uh, you know, we, you know if, you, if you grew up in a Catholic, uh, Catholic, Catholic church or a, a more liturgical type church, you might be familiar with the seven deadly sins. Or, uh, or, or if not, you just, you know, the movie. Um, but uh, we did this series, and it was right before Easter, and it was right as we were preparing to move into this facility, our, our new facility. And uh, it was all kind of coming down to the wire, and, and it finally it looked like our first Sunday uh, here in the new building was going to be Easter Sunday. So... The Sunday before Easter, Palm Sunday, was our last Sunday uh, in the old building and the last message of the Seven Deadly Sins series. But literally, as I was, you know, kind of in the hallway before the, before the, uh, before the uh, service started, I actually decided to pull an audible and uh, just go a totally different direction and preach something completely different that day than the message that I had prepared because I really wanted to do something to mark 
you know, our last Sunday in the old building and before we turned the page of this new chapter. And so I talked about the story of, of God's faithfulness and how we ended up here uh, on this campus to kind of, again, kind of mark that day in the life of our church. Well, guess what? Guess what? I never preached that sermon, part seven of the seven deadly sins. And tomorrow is what? Anybody know? It's what? Labor Day, so this is Labor Day weekend, and guess what uh, the seventh deadly sin was that I never preached on? Anybody know? Slothfulness. Slothfulness. Good old slothfulness. So, um, uh, you know, how how perfect is that? It just kind of fits, I think, and uh, hopefully so. So you're thinking, man, Pastor Chris, you had a week off this week. Your sermon was already done. Everything was great. Uh, Listen, follow along with me. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 says this. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives. Now, if you're taking notes with with us this morning on your outline, circle those two words there, idle lives. The word idle is used uh, in the Bible many times instead of the word sloth. In fact, how many of you have heard this saying before? See if you could finish it for me. Idle hands are the what? The Devil's Workshop. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's not just an old saying from your grandma, okay? That's actually the Living Bible translation of Proverbs 16, 27. Uh, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Now, the word idle is kind of an interesting word because most of the time, you know, in 2016, when we use that word idle, we're talking about, you know, a car idling, right? You know, you just kind of, that's where you put a car in park, you know, you leave the ignition on, and uh, it's idling. So, you know, it's, it's using up resources, it's taking up space, but it's not what? It's not going anywhere, not making any progress. Well, that's kind of a good definition of, of slothful. We're parked, you know, we're, we're, we're taking up space, we're using up resources, but we're not making a difference. You know, we're not headed anywhere, we're not going anywhere. And so it continues, it says, some of you are living idle lives Refusing to work, meddling in others, other people's business. By the way, that always goes together, doesn't it? People who aren't working, who aren't busy in their own lives, and then meddling in other people's business. I mean, that, that always goes together. It says, we commend such people. We urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, settle down and work to earn their own living. In other words, he says, shut your mouth and get a job. Get to work, okay? And then he says, as for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing what is good? Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but the truth is we all have a tendency to be slothful. However, you know, when you, when you look at the list of the, you know, the seven deadly sins, in a, in a way, sloth kind of stands out from the rest because it doesn't seem as bad as the rest of them. And just on first glance, you know, there's lust and pride and greed and wrath, even gluttony, you know. But it is. It's very, very dangerous. You see, in your marriage, you know, if you get to the point where you start saying, I don't have any feelings for my spouse, you've gotten to the point where you're now indifferent, where you don't have passion. You know, if you, if you don't really like your job, you've gotten to the point where you're kind of indifferent towards your work. It's not that you don't hate it necessarily, but you don't really care about it anymore. And, and that's really what I want us to talk about today, because that actually is what sloth is. Sloth is not just laziness. That's what we think. 
But it's more than that. It's a little bit different. It's, it's a form of indifference. It's, it's where you, you lose that passion for living. You lose that passion for relationships, for, for different areas of your life. And so when that happens, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to your career, your job, your marriage, when it comes to God, and you lose your passion. There are some real serious consequences, and I want to talk about that. The first consequence is this. The first deadly result of, of slothfulness is despair. Despair. Again, on the outside, sloth kind of looks a lot like laziness, because when, a, when sloth has a hold of your life, really, you're just to the point where you don't want to do anything anymore. But in, in reality, it's a, it's a lot more dangerous than just laziness. Sloth, again, begins with indifference, where you don't care. It's, it's that shrug of the shoulder, the turning away from people in need. And it's almost like there's a switch in your heart that just turns off. And you, you just get to the point in life where you say, eh, I, just, I don't care anymore. I don't care about my marriage. I don't care about my career. I don't care about this relationship. Sloth, in a way, is, is just giving up on life. In fact, I think it's one of the tools that Satan uses to rob us of of the joy and the purpose that God intends for us to have. In fact, again, one of our favorite verses around here is John 10.10. And Jesus said this. He said, you know, the thief, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so Satan uses sloth to to rob us of what God intended us to have. That that rich, satisfying, purpose-filled, joy-filled life. The second uh, result of sloth, can, can, it can even lead to financial hardship. Because again, that indifference, that lack of passion, it leads to inaction. It leads to a lack of, of drive, a lack of determination, a lack of accomplishment. And so you aren't, you aren't driven to succeed. You aren't driven to hold on to that job. You're not driven at all. And so you even begin making excuses as to why, you know, this particular job isn't right this time. You know, well, those people there, they just don't respect me. And, and you know, and I, I don't get paid enough money for what I do. And so you, in your mind, you start coming up with all kinds of excuses why it always seems that you, you're short. You know, Proverbs 19.15 says it this way. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. So financial hardship is a consequence of slothfulness. Number three, missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. A a slothful person doesn't take advantage of all the opportunities that God lays in their path. And and a slothful person doesn't do the hard work necessary to have a great career. A slothful person won't do the the necessary hard work to have a great relationship. Uh, In fact, a slothful person is somebody who at some point kind of looks back on their life and, and they just have a bunch of regret. Because all they can see now is all the missed opportunities they didn't care enough to, to put in the effort for. Proverbs 10.5 says it this way, A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during the harvest is a disgrace. Number four, broken relationships. A sloth isn't there for their friends, for their family. He's not even there for his or her spouse. Because if, I'm, if I've gotten to the point of slothfulness, I'm self-absorbed. I don't care enough. 
I'm not willing to put in the effort to say, I'm sorry. I'm not willing to put in the effort to love you the way you need to be loved. And so what happens is you kill your relationships. Proverbs 18.9 says, a lazy person is as bad as that person who destroyed things. And so sloth ends up destroying relationships. And then finally, the last consequence I want to talk about real quick is that, and it's probably one you don't expect, it's boredom. It's boredom. You know, a, a sloth makes you incapable of being stimulated by, by, by good and, and the beautiful in, in life. You know, you, you, you've gotten to the point where you just lost your passion. Lost your passion for life and laughter and, and goodness and joy. And, and, and it really doesn't even matter what kind of stimulation is brought into your life. It doesn't bring any excitement. And, and it definitely doesn't last. You know, it, it's, it doesn't bring enjoyment. In other words, you, you've gotten to the point where you no longer find joy in the things of God. The things that you can see and feel and touch. And you've gotten bored. Bored with life. That sloth. And it's deadly. And it, and it robs you of, of what God intended you to live. The life that, he, that Jesus planned for you. So that's what it does. Those are some of the, the terrible consequences of it. So, so what do we do about it? Because that's what you know, we try to do here at Coast. I want to leave you with something practical that you can take with you tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and throughout the week. So let's take the next few minutes and look at what the Bible says are some essentials that you've got to have in your life if you want to conquer this, if you want to get that passion back. Remove the grip of sloth. The first essential to conquer the sloth monster in your life is this. Search for the areas of sloth in my life. In other words, you need to be honest with yourself. You know, take a look in the mirror and identify the areas of your life where you've become bored, where you've lost your passion. You know, what are are some areas of my life that I don't seem to care enough anymore to act, to change, to do good? In fact, this next verse should be our prayer. Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. In other words, you're saying, God, okay, in what areas of my life have I stopped caring? You know, what relationships have I I lost my passion in? What areas of my life? Write that down. You know, is it your job, your career? I mean, you're just going through the motions. You dread getting up in the morning and going to work. I mean, you're, you're not even trying anymore. You, you, you just do enough just to barely get by, and, and they know it at work. You know it. Listen, if that's the case, you've got a, you got a case of, the, of career sloth. You know, maybe, maybe recently you've gained some weight, and you've gotten discouraged. And you've, you've even gotten to the point and you're thinking, man, what, what's the use of even working out? What's the, what's the use of even trying, of, of, of eating right? I'm just going to let it go. Been there, done that, okay? That's physical sloth. Maybe it is your marriage. Maybe things have gotten tough and it's been a little rocky lately and you've gotten to the point where you're thinking, she's never going to change. He's never going to get any better. I don't feel anything anymore. 
And so you just stop trying. You've lost the passion. You've stopped caring. That's relational sloth. Maybe for you it's spiritual. Spiritual sloth. You know, if you're honest with yourself, at one point in your life, you used to be on fire for God. You used to wake up and just sense his presence and you had that, that love relationship with God. And you, you couldn't imagine missing being together with the family of God. Again, not, not about a checklist or religion. It was just corporate worship with the family. You used to be in community, in a life group, small group. You used to, I mean, it's like you had an appointment with God every day. Spend time in his word, in prayer, listening to him. And now you feel like you're a long, long way from that. But you just don't care enough to pull yourself out of that. That's spiritual sloth. By the way, spiritual sloth is probably the most dangerous kind of sloth there is because with spiritual sloth, what's happened is that you've lost your, your appetite for God. I want, I want you to hear something loud and clear today. If there's one thing in this world that should never get boring, it's God. Because God created it all. I mean, everything of life that, that has enjoyment, that has excitement, that has passion, it comes from God. And so, if you've gotten bored with him, listen to me, you will get bored with everything else. And it will have an effect on every other area of your life. It will affect your career. It will affect your relationships. It will affect your finances. You know, a big sign of sloth is escapism. You know, escapism is when you've gotten to the point where you thought you are going to rely on something else to escape your reality. You know, sometimes we call it, what, a midlife crisis or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's when you begin to, to rely on someone else or something else to escape your, your own life. You know, what is it in your life that you've been looking to escape from? Sometimes people use pornography as escapism. You're escaping reality. How much time do you spend in front of the television, on the internet? That can be a form of you know, getting away from your reality. A lot of times, alcoholism, substance abuse, those are forms of people who are just looking for anything or anyone to escape their reality. So where does sloth have a grip in your life? And what are you using to escape? Now, once you identify it, the next step is this. Number two, see the eternal significance in what I'm doing right now. See the eternal significance in what I'm doing right now. You see, one of the, the biggest tragedies connected to sloth is that it deadens your heart to God's purpose and his presence in your life. Let me repeat that. Sloth deadens my heart. It makes me blind to God's presence and God's purpose in my life, to what he's doing. You see, that's one of the reasons why I think people today struggle with depression. All they can see, they've gotten to the point where the only thing they can see is the negative. 
and they can't, they can't see God's presence in their life. They can't see God's purpose behind circumstances, and it, and it leads to depression. That's why it's so important for you as a believer to recognize, man, there's, there's eternal significance in every area of life. In every word you speak, in every action you take, because God is always at work, and he's got a purpose for everything, from the largest thing to the smallest thing. Did you know that God has a purpose for your job right now? You say, well, Pastor Chris, yeah, but my job is awful. I mean, it's menial. I hate it. It's not very important. Listen, anything that you're doing, if you're doing it for God, it has eternal value. You know, what I want you to understand is that What you are doing right now in God's eyes, it's the most important thing in the world. Because God wants you there. God's got a purpose for it. He's got a reason for it. I mean, God could be preparing you for something even greater, something bigger. He might be wanting you to use the relationships that you have, where you are at right now. He might, you might be at your workplace for no other reason that those people need to see what does a follower of Jesus look like in the midst of adversity. I mean, God might be using your boss as heavenly sandpaper, you know. Like, go to work tomorrow and say, hey, sandpaper, you know, whatever, I don't know. Listen, if, if you want God to bring something big in your life, you know what one of the keys is? Be passionate about what you're doing right now. Now look at me for a second. If you are slothful in the little that you have right now, why would God ever bless you with something bigger or better? Why would he bring something greater? In fact, I think I remember the Bible having a little something to say that if you aren't faithful with the little, God's not going to give you something more. But if you're faithful with the little, God will bless. Look at Philippians 4, 8. Look at what it says. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. Man, I think Paul's advice is simple there. Man, fill your heart, fill your mind, your attention with the things of, of goodness and beauty, the things of God. And if you'll do that, you'll, you'll slowly begin to realize that the passion is coming back. You know, it's, it's the old saying, right? Garbage in what? Garbage out. You know, focus on the things of value. Learn to see God in them and your joy will begin to return. You see, a slothful person has a hard time getting up in the morning, always. Now, not, you know, we all do once in a while, but a slothful person, they're the person that they're always tired. You know, they're always hitting the snooze button, not because, you know, just physical exhaustion, but because they dread living life. They have a hard time getting out of bed. Again, they've lost that desire. They've lost that passion. If that's you, I want you to do something different this week. You know, instead of doing maybe what you normally do, why not get up in the morning and begin seeing God's purpose of significance and what you got to do that day? I bet you might get out of bed a little bit differently. In fact, you might get excited to see what God's got planned for you. And it might just lessen that grip of sloth in your life and start bringing back the passion. Number three, Set godly goals in the major areas of my life. Again, you know, what are some areas of your life that you have a tendency toward, uh, toward sloth? What are, what are some, and what are some goals that you could set in order to overcome that? Godly goals pull us up. 
They, they help to pull us up out of our depression, pull us up out of financial hardship, out of broken relationships, and the boredom that sometimes you fall into. So set some godly goals. In fact, I want you to think about, you know, over the next couple of minutes, about a goal that God would have you set in your life right now. In fact, go back to point number one. You know, what is that area of sloth that you are currently facing? What area of your life have you seemed to lost a little bit of passion in and set a goal in that area? A, a goal, a godly goal is just an agreement with a deadline, okay? It's something that you are agreeing to do, something you want to do uh, with a deadline, something you're going to try to achieve over the next week, over the next month, over the next year. By the way, again, we overestimate what we can do in a week. We underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. So maybe, maybe your area of sloth, for example, is physical sloth. You know, you've kind of given up. You know, so what, what godly goal could you set? And man, we had a great, uh, by the way, Bod for God rally this past uh, Monday night. I had like almost 100 people show up. And uh, uh, man, my, my, my Bod for God life group is almost uh, uh, doubled. And uh, we're, we're going to have a great, uh, great semester of getting healthy. But if that's your area, you know, what goal could you set? What small change for life could you make? Maybe it's to take a walk in the evenings. Maybe start eating better. Maybe it's to give up sodas. You know, I don't know. What is, it, what is it for you? What godly goal could you set? Write it down and say, God, with your help, I'm going to accomplish this goal with this deadline. And it'll begin to pull you up out of your sloth. You know, again, maybe for you it's your career. And, uh, you know, you, you have a job, you know, you have a career, but you have just lost complete passion for it. Maybe you need to set a goal. Maybe you need to read a book about, about your area of focus. Maybe you need to take some additional classes. Maybe you need to find a mentor, somebody who can coach you a little bit. Maybe it's to begin praying for your coworkers. Maybe it's to begin to serve the people that you work with. Maybe yours is marriage sloth. And you're struggling. So what goal could you set? You know, if you've been around here at Coastal for any length of time, you know one of the things that I'll talk about a lot is uh, a date night. You know, a date night. So why not schedule a date night? You know, one night a week, or if you can't do that, one night a month where you, you get a babysitter without your children. Some of you have not been out with your spouse without your kids, and you can't remember how long. And you just date your spouse. Just like you did before you were married. You know, if you, if you courted your spouse, I promise you, you'll spend less time in court down the road, okay? You know, court each other. You know, your marriage needs to be, you know, mar- you know marriage-centered, not child-centered. Oh, Pastor Chris, we can't afford it. Hogwash. We can walk on a beach, can't you? You can walk, oh, I can't afford a, a, a babysitter. Bring them to my house. I'll whip them into shape. I'm serious. Take me up on that. Bring little Johnny or Susie over. I'll take care of them, believe me. Um, but whatever area you have a tendency towards sloth, set a goal and let God speak to you. Look at Proverbs 6, 9 through 11. It says, but you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you get up? You parents, you had no idea you've been quoting scripture to your kids every morning for years. Get up, you lazy you know, whatever. That's Bible right there. Okay, there you go. Um, I want you to learn this lesson. 
A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty is going to pounce on you like a bandit. That's, that's powerful. That's a powerful image there. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So how do you avoid that? Uh, be proactive. Identify the area. Set some goals. Now, there's another area where I want you to set some goals, and I want you to hear this loud and clear. Spiritually. Because everybody, we all have a tendency towards spiritual sloth. I mean, even I do, and I'm a pastor. I mean, it's, you know, you don't drift, by the way, into, you know, spiritual success and growth. It doesn't, you never drift toward anything positive, okay? But we all have a tendency toward that. And so, again, here's something about spiritual sloth. Eventually, it affects every other area of your life. In fact, you might be struggling in a particular area, but the truth is it started in this area. Again, you might be slothful at work, and it doesn't necessarily right off the bat affect your marriage or your family or your home life. But if you are slothful in your spiritual life, I promise you it will affect your home, your work, your relationships. So what are some spiritual goals that you could, you could uh, set? Join a life group. <laughs> you know? Wow, it's, it's a, that's a goal with a deadline, right? I mean, it's only a semester, 8 to 12 weeks. Read your Bible. You know, pick up the Next Steps book and read the Gospel of John. Memorize a verse a week. Maybe for you it's a, it's a, a spiritual fast. You're going to fast something. Uh, invite some friends to church, you know, set a goal. Take some unshakable books and invite some coworkers. Invite that heavenly sandpaper. And like, you are a storm in my life and I need to stand unshakable. Set some goals. The last essential is, is uh, pretty simple. Number four, stop making excuses and get started. Listen, there, there's always an excuse. Don't fall into that trap. Uh, here's one, Proverbs twenty two thirteen. I like this. The lazy person is full of excuses. Now listen to this excuse. If I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. You know? <laughs> That's hilarious, isn't it? I, I can't do that. You know, alligators might get me, Pastor Chris. I can't go outside, you know? Um, and don't make the excuse, well, that, you know, everything's got to be perfect for you to get started. Listen, you know, it's a struggle right now. It's not going to be perfect. You know, Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. You know, sure, it's hard right now in your marriage, but, but get started. You know, you, you'll never, it's so much easier to work your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action. You know, if you're waiting for the feelings to come back, well, I'm, just, I'm not going to act loving until I feel like it. Well, guess what? You're never going to feel like it. If you acted on your feelings, you'd be in jail right now. Okay? Listen, start doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You know, again, so many people fall into that attitude. Well, when everything is perfect, then I'll do it. Or how about this one? When things slow down, then, I mean, listen, does life slow down? I don't know about your life, but it doesn't. Conditions are never going to be perfect. Listen, the, the issue is not about perfect conditions. The issue is about a perfect God who's got a great plan for your life, who wants you to move out of that slothful area in your life to a place where you are no longer indifferent about life? Do you bring back that passion about relationships, 
about circumstances, about your marriage. You're making a difference in the life that God has given you and you're bringing him glory and honor. Man, that's life. And when you stop making excuses and you get started, you take that step of faith. Man, that's when God shows up in a big way. In fact, that's the promise of Philippians 4.9. Remember Philippians 4.8, you know, whatever is true and lovely and admirable, think about these things. And then it says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Start doing it. Again, it's not, it's not enough, guys, just to listen, just to hear it. You've got to take action. And then listen to what happens. And the God of peace will be with you. You want God to show up in your life? Take action. Take that next step of faith and trust him. And the God of peace will be with you. You lost that passion, lost that joy, feeling indifferent about certain areas of your life? Take that next step, that next step of faith, and God will bless it. You know, maybe... For you, that next step of faith is a big one in the sense that you haven't taken that first step of faith and really trusted God. Like, did, did you realize that? That God does have a plan for your life. Again, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, take away life from you. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he's not just talking about life in heaven one day, although that is included, eternal life. But he's talking about the best life here and now. A life not where you're never going to face a storm, never go through a tragedy or a difficulty, but where you can stand strong. And you can at least see God's purposes behind it, how he can even bring something good out of the tragedies of life. That begins with trust, putting your faith in him. And it starts a relationship. Maybe today you're ready to start that relationship of faith. It is as wonderful and beautiful and yet as simple as a prayer, pouring your heart out to God, admitting the obvious that you have blown it, that you've messed up, but that you need forgiveness and a savior. And the good news is one has already been provided. His name is Jesus. And if you'll put your faith and your trust in him, he'll give you that abundant life. He'll give you a home in heaven secure for all time. And he'll walk with you every step of the way. So if you're ready to take that step, let's do that right now. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.